You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you had a great weekend. I did. And we are going to get to a lot of stories starting with what's going on on The Bachelor. There's a lot of stuff out there um, in the last few days that has gotten out that I've put out there and some stuff I haven't shared with you yet that I'll uh, share today. And then we'll get to some other reality TV stuff and some pop culture news as well. Maybe end it with some sports. But we'll get to that momentarily. This podcast brought to you by Athletic Greens. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop and a cup of water every day. That's all you need. You don't need a million different supplements and pills to look out for your health. Make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go visit athleticgreens.com slash realitysteve. All right, let's get going with Bachelor news. Filming started at the mansion on last Monday night, a week ago today, or yeah, a week ago today. And then, obviously, Tuesday was move-in day. That's an off day of filming. And then Wednesday started the dates. On Wednesday, there was a group date. I have the names of all the women that were on that date. Um, I do know that there was a famous rapper on that date. I do know that there was some alumni on that date. I don't know how many alumni total, but there was alumni on that date. But as we get deeper into the season, I will share that info with you, but knowing the women on that date, what can I tell you about that one? Um, I can tell you that the two South Carolina Miss America contestants, Davia and Kat, were on that date, so you got that. And then Thursday, uh, one-on-one date, that was the one at Anaheim Hills Golf Course, followed by dinner at the Orange County Mining Company. By process elimination, because I know who was also on Friday's group date, doesn't leave a lot of possibilities of who it could have been on that date. But I don't know for sure, so don't want to say anything. But it's only between about four or five women that it could be. Because as we know, on the dates in L.A., the episodes in L.A., there's always about two to three women and men when it's The Bachelorette that don't receive dates that week. Sometimes the people that don't receive dates end up going home. Sometimes they end. one of them ends up being the person who gets the one-on-one the following week. So uh, Friday's group date, uh, you probably saw me tweet out that it was a puppet show that was put on by the women. And I know the 10 women that were on that date. Uh, I can tell you, I also tweeted it out late Friday night, that Greer Blitzer is your first impression rose recipient. We know that Brianna got the first impression rose by the audience on the After the Final Rose. Greer was the one that got it on last Monday night on the limo entrances and the puppet show was hosted by none other than Patrick Warburton, 
who, as we know, is Zach's uncle, and he is Putty from Seinfeld. We knew that he was going to make an appearance this season, outside of even the home, you know, when, when the family meets the final two women. I don't think it was really that much of a surprise that he did, but, you know, it's Putty. Um, I didn't... I'm surprised he's not hosting every day. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm really not. I do know that uh, both Gabby, I keep calling her Gabby. I don't know if she's going by Gabby or Gabriella on the show. Not the Gabby Windy from Last Bachelorette season and currently Dance with the Stars. Gabriella El Nikki and Greer Blitzer, who were both in the same sorority, the Pi Phi sorority at the University of Mississippi in 2015 and 2016, they were both on the puppet date. I do know that. And I don't really know exactly how they are positioning their friendship slash relationship. From what I do know that going on to the show, there was no beef between them, but these were also two people that I was told were sorority sisters at University of Mississippi. You graduate from college. Some people you keep in touch with, some people you don't. These two just, you know, went on different paths and did not keep in touch with each other, but that didn't necessarily mean that they were on bad terms. Uh, I'm sure each of them knew the other one was going to be on the show, but how it's positioned on the show will be interesting. I even said it last week. I think they're going to position them as either pit them against each other or they're going to pit them as friends on the show and everyone else will gang up on them because they are basically like a duo or a tandem. Some of the puppet shows and a couple of the things that some of the women did, just looking over my notes here, uh, one of the women did an angel puppet and a devil puppet, like they were sitting on her shoulder talking to her, and the angel would tell her nice things, and the devil would say things that would uh, make her insecure. Um, let's see, one of them, one of them didn't even really do the assignment, <laughs> they, uh, one of the women came up in her bathrobe and she had a like a, a a hot tub prop set up and she was wearing a bikini under her robe. Um, she brought Zach up on stage, had him pop a bottle of champagne and they pretended to be in the hot tub. I, I don't even think she used puppets. So yeah, she might have missed the assignment. <laughs> but hey, she got Zach up on stage. What do you know? One woman had puppets that looked like her and Zach, and the premise was that they got married, and then nine months later, her puppet was laying down giving birth. <laughs> hey, when I put it out there that they had a puppet show, everyone was like, oh, this show sucks. This is so stupid. I'm sorry. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I want to see a puppet show where a puppet is giving birth. That's funny. Let's have some funny. Let's lighten up, people. You don't have to be so negative all the time on Twitter. Not everything sucks about everything in the world. Jesus. Um, they actually delivered a baby, a, a, a puppet baby. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's that. Also, um, one somebody had a puppet therapist that kept telling her to drink tequila for all her problems, and then she took a shot of tequila on stage. And 
someone had a, a fortune teller box with a curtain and she made a joke along the lines of, I can't even read my notes. Sorry about that one. But yeah, something with a fortune teller box and a, uh, and a curtain. And then one of them was, um, someone used a puppet version of herself to practice her first kiss with Zach on an orange. And then a Zach puppet joined in and the puppets kissed. So yeah, they didn't kiss actual, the, the real person kiss Zach on that date, but Hey, kissing puppets, puppets, giving birth. This is good shit. People I'm telling you creative stuff. Anyway, so Saturday night was rose ceremony ceremony number two. Yesterday, uh, the date, now, I don't know if this was the actual day portion of the date or it was a night portion, but I do know that last night's date was at the Natural History History Museum in Los Angeles. That sounds like something to where they would go for the nighttime portion. So I don't know what the day portion was, but that sounds like something that would happen at night where they would hang out and do all the after-party stuff. Because I know they've used the Natural History Museum in L.A. numerous times in the past as well, just like they used Big Daddy's Antiques a couple times last week for after-parties. Today is another group date where the audience will be in attendance, so more stuff will probably get out from that, just like the puppet date. I know it is a sports-themed group date today. Uh, They're going to be put in teams and it's going to be some uh, sports date, and I'm sure I'll get information on that as we move along. But, um, yeah, I think there's there's plenty out there. Obviously, we're still very early into the season. We're only a week into filming, and I'm going to have a lot of stuff for you where I fill in the blanks to a lot of stuff, and we'll kind of just go from there. But um, as so far, you know, Greer Blitzer is your first impression rose recipient, and um, there are... Things going on with, like I said, Greer and Gabriella, the sorority sisters from the University of Mississippi, were both on Friday's group date and on Wednesday's group date. Last Wednesday's group date, the two P, the two women that knew each other, Kat and Davia, were definitely on that date. So, just some stuff for you to chew on, for the time being. All right, moving on to some reality TV news. I saw this as a headline. I thought this was interesting. I guess. Remember during Big Brother this season, we had Muffin Gate with Turner and Jasmine? Well, apparently they took it an extra step because you can't have Muffin Gate if you, unless you actually document it, right? Well, they've documented it, and Turner and Jasmine both got a tattoo of a half-eaten muffin on themselves. Turner got his on his upper thigh. Jasmine got hers on her foot. Your guess is as good as mine. I I didn't think Muffin Gate was all that big of a deal <laughs> when when it was happening. I know that Jasmine was just so hell bent on finding out who in the world ate her muffin. I guess that's what happens when you're so bored in that house and you literally have nothing to do for 24 hours a day, other than try and remember who won comps and all that stuff that you're going to need later on down the line. But I guess these two really bonded over that, and Turner ate the muffin, didn't tell her that 
until finale night, and then they went out and got tattoos. How about that? Did anybody see the season premiere of Saturday Night Live this past weekend? Miles Teller hosted. If you've seen Maverick, you know that he was a co-star, and he played Goose's son 30, 35 years later, whatever it was. And great movie, by the way. Great movie. And the best part about SNL this past weekend, and I'm an SNL aficionado. Like, I have seen every episode of SNL probably since junior year of high school. It's just a show that I've always watched. I When they used to run the replays on either Comedy Central or E, I used to record those. And I could tell you and probably recite a lot of skits from the past because I've just been such a fan of the show. And it's had its ups and downs for sure. And major cast changes heading into this season. I think seven people that were on last season are not on this season. And they hired four new people, so it's going to be interesting. It's a, they're in transition for sure, but I, I still think there are some excellent people on that staff and in that cast. Um, James Austin Johnson is a great, great impressionist. One of the best impressionists this show has ever had. I mean, his, his Trump is 100 times better than Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin was doing a caricature of Trump. James Austin Johnson has every single beat down of Trump's voice, his cadence, his rambling. I mean, he's got it down. He is awesome. And um, who else does he? He does other. He does other ones too. But his Trump is is really good. But the cold open on Saturday was. For sports fans, if you watch the Manning cast on Monday night, which is the alternate Monday night football broadcast, you'd appreciate the Manning cast that they did to open the show on Saturday night. It was really good. One of the better cold opens uh, in a while. And even though it was political, it still had sports, a sports touch to it because it was Manning, the two Manning brothers, even though Miles Teller was playing Peyton and Andrew Desmukes was playing Eli. Really good stuff. And then they get the cameo from John Hamm. I just a great, great open to start the season. And the show was good overall. They had some really good sketches in there. Keenan Thompson is just a stud. What an MVP that guy has been for what? Twenty years now on the show? Twenty one, I think. <laughs> he should never, ever sign off Saturday Night Live. He should never not be on it. He's already has the record for the longest reigning ever cast member. He should never stop. He should be a cast member until Lauren Michaels or whoever decides Saturday Night Live is no longer a show because he is just so solid. Uh, the game show <laughs> about sliding into DMs and just saying something that's not inappropriate was great. Um, who'd they have? They had Adam Levine, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and who was the other one? Ugh, I'm, I'm totally blanking, but that was a good sketch. Just, we're going to sit, we're, we're going to show you a DM that you can receive. And then for a hundred million dollars, just say something back. That's not inappropriate. And Adam Levine obviously couldn't do it. And, and 
Neil deGrasse Tyson is wondering, first off, why he's even on the show, and then he couldn't even respond without saying something. Just a funny, a funny sketch. Um, and Weekend Update was, was good, as usual. Here's a headline that I saw on Us Magazine, Us Weekly, before I sat down to record this podcast. Zane Malik and Louis Tomlinson no longer have each other's phone numbers. That's a clickable link on Us Weekly right now. It's probably further down the page now by the time you're listening to this. But, wow. How are we all going to manage? Can we get through this, people? Zane and Louis Tomlinson no longer have each other's phone numbers. I didn't even click on it to see if that was just a misleading headline. But, I mean, prayers up, people. Prayers up. Zane and Louie don't have each other's phone number. I, I'm guessing it's physically impossible for these two to ever connect with each other ever again because they don't have each other's phone number anymore. That's it all. Ha- you know, it all happened because Zane left. Once Zane left, everything went to hell in a handbasket in this world. Mark it down. This was an interesting story because I guess. What's happening now on Netflix with this Jeffrey Dahmer drama? Anybody watching the Jeffrey Dahmer drama on Netflix? Just know it's not a documentary. This is a dramatization. They're taking a lot of leeway with what happened and making it a dramatic show. Now, I'm guessing the family members of the people who were killed are not thrilled. In fact, I know they're not. They've spoken out about it, but I saw a story where Kesha, the singer, she had a song called Cannibal a while back. Her mom took to the TikTok world to inform everybody that, hey, this song was out. Kesha didn't even know who Jeffrey Dahmer was when this song was written, and the mother is taking credit for using the Jeffrey Dahmer line in Kesha's song, Cannibal. She needed something to rhyme with the word goner, and she came up with Dahmer. Okay. Now, the other song that pops into my head when I think about Jeffrey Dahmer is Katy Perry and Dark Horse. Katy doesn't actually sing those words, but in the Dark Horse song, rapper Juicy J says... She's a beast. I call her I call her karma. She eats your heart out like Jeffrey Dahmer. So does Katy Perry need to address this now? I mean, let's look. Until this documentary came out, nobody really ever talked about Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, we talked about it in the sense that we know of the story and but now it's more topical because of the current Netflix documentary or not documentary, but the Netflix series on it. So I don't think we need to go back into the past and say anybody who used the word Dahmer in one of their songs needs to apologize. And I don't even think Kesha's mom was apologizing. She was just referencing the fact that, Hey, I was the one who wrote the word. Kesha didn't even know what Jeffrey Dahmer was or who he was back then, which makes sense. And finally, I want to wrap up with this sports take from yesterday. 
Last Monday, I had said, hey, everyone, get off that Bills bandwagon after that performance, which was one of the weirder games in the world. Just the way the Bills dominated and, you know, lost. Then yesterday, they have their first close win, a one-score game. They beat the Ravens 23-20 after being down 20-3. Now, you have to start scratching your head about the Ravens. You know, the Ravens have lost five home games in a row dating back to last year. They're 0-2 at home this season, and both losses at home this season, they have blown second-half leads of 17 points or leads of 17 points and 21 points because yesterday they were up 20-3 to right before halftime. They also got shut out in the second half yesterday. They were up 20-10 at half, lost 23-20. Had a 17-play, nine-and-a-half-minute drive and decided to go for it on fourth down. Just, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But I don't know if the Ravens are in a good way right now. Their defense can't stop anybody. And you blow two leads of 17 points or more in your first two home games of the season, and you've lost five home games in a row dating back to last season? Not good. Need to shore some things up, boys. As for the Buffalo Bills, got back on track after last week's game where they lost to the Dolphins. And tomorrow I will probably end the podcast talking about the Tua head injury from last Sunday and then this past Thursday night because that's been a joke. Like, that was ridiculous. Like people said, should he have played on Thursday? Should he have played on Thursday? He shouldn't even have played in the second half of the Bills game. Last Sunday, how he got out in the second half for the for the rest of that game, I have no idea. But, of course, the NFL is now very reactionary and has put a new concussion protocol in place and fired the independent doctor that dealt with Tua and let him back in the game last Sunday. So, yeah, it's it's a whole mess, but that was scary to watch this past Thursday night. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Obviously, keep it on my Instagram and my Twitter feed so I can let you know what's going on anytime I hear something new in what's going on in Bachelor Filming. Had some details for you today. You'll know about women and who's left and all that uh, coming up shortly. And just keep it there because I will be getting spoilers probably throughout the season. There will be a lull here and there. I still don't know where they're headed location-wise after they leave Los Angeles, which should be... um, it should be later at the end of this week. They should be heading out for travel. So keep it there, and I'll fill you in with anything that I find out. And also keep it here on the Daily Roundup. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and we will talk to you tomorrow. See you!